Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think so. I hey guys, this is my leak. This is the My Tai You podcast. And I am back from my maternity leave with a very special interview with Dr. Harvey Karp. Um, Dr. Karp is one of America's most trusted pediatricians and child development experts. He is on the faculty of the USC School of Medicine and a fellow of the American Academy of Pediatrics. Um, Dr. Karp practiced pediatrics in Los Angeles for over 25 years. He is the founder and CEO of Happiest Baby, a smart tech and parenting solutions company, which includes The Snoo, which I'm obsessed with, three books, one of which I've read, two DVDs, one of which I've watched, and a line of swaddles and white noises for purchase on iTunes. Dr. Karp has devoted his life to helping families raise healthy and happy children. Welcome, Dr. Karp. Thanks, Miley. Great to be with Thank you. you. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> thank you. And sorry, we had some technical difficulties. Um, but I wanted to thank you for sending me the snoo. I absolutely love it. For those of you that don't know what the snoo is, the New York Times calls it a bassinet which rocks and plays white noise continuously and has sensors that respond to a baby's cry by changing intensities. Um, it keeps the baby swaddled and fastened inside the crib and can be controlled from afar on a smartphone. Um, I loved my new mostly because of how easy it was to put together. Um, but after bringing my baby home from the hospital and trying a night nurse uh, and hearing my baby cry, I tried the snoo and it was literally magical. So thank you. Yay. Yay. I'm so glad. <laughs> you know, here's yes. an interesting thing. You know, if you, you were lucky enough to have a night nurse and, and, you know, some people are lucky enough to have a family member to help them, but for most people having a nurse or a nanny today, that's pretty cush. You got to be pretty mm-hmm. well off to, to do that. And, and parents think, well, a normal mom, a normal dad, you know, you just raise your kids. That's just the job that you do. But it turns out, and this is the dirty little secret, Mm -hmm. up until 100 years ago, everybody had five nannies. You had your grandma, your aunt, your older sister. You had this army of people. So they babied you while you were babying the baby. And this idea that mothers just are supposed to suck it up and deal with it, and and parents are just supposed to be sleep deprived for six months and don't complain about it, completely wrong. And it's not what Mm -hmm. parents ever experienced in the in the whole history of humanity, really, um, and so what we think of is snoo, which is it is a bed and it's a white noise machine and all those things that you said. It's the safest, most effective baby bed ever made. But we really think of it kind of more like your older sister. It's like okay. your older sister moved in and said, "You know what, my leak, you sleep. <laughs> I'm going to hold rock and trish the baby all night long, and I'm going to get you if the baby's hungry." And that right. gives you. It's not a magic bed. You're not going to sleep eight hours or something like that, but it will give you an extra hour or two to be able to get sleep, to take a shower or feed your family. And you've got this extra pair of hands holding and rocking your baby. But instead of paying, you know, a couple of hundred dollars a night for help, this ends up being, you know, about the cost of a cup of coffee. Um, So it's much more affordable for families. That's what I, when I got my bill for, I think it was three nights of a night nurse, it was uh, over $600 and I, and, and it was, and it didn't work, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was just like, this is totally worth it. Um, Mm -hmm. after, after that. So I, when I was first scheduled to talk to you, I was having some trouble with Noah. He, 
11 straight weeks, he did so well in the snoo. And then all of a sudden it was like, he realized he had hands and arms and no longer wanted to be <laughs> swaddled. And so I combed your website. I was Googling and I'm just like, I just got this. He's 11 weeks. You know, he, he doesn't like this, but you're mm-hmm. saying that that's not the case. Yeah. Well, it, um, he may have an opinion, but it doesn't <laughs> mean he gets a vote. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> With rights come responsibilities. And so babies think, you know, I like my hands up. I want to suck my fingers, which they start doing around three or four months, but they don't have good control over their arms. So sometimes the finger will go in the mouth and sometimes it will poke them in the eye or they'll startle. And so even though they're starting to to gain control and that's fine for them to practice it all day long, you don't want those arms out all night long because it's just going to wake them up over and right. over again. So that's really the reason. But we have uh, we have customer care folks and sleep specialists available seven days a week to help really? people learn how to use Snoo the best because there there's a uh, there's an app and you can change the settings and you can customize it to your baby's needs. And every baby's a little different. So you do have to um, uh, learn how to use the bed so that it meets your baby's needs the best. And even those needs change from month mm-hmm. to month because uh, they go through, you you can have a baby sleeping great in the first few weeks, and then they go through a growth spurt or a okay. cold, or you, you got to take them out of the swaddling or teething or, or a sleep regression. And suddenly they're all the way back, even though they're three or four months old, they're back to waking up every two hours. And then you're, you know, you're, you're sleep deprived again. Yes. And so what happened was I didn't realize that the shoulders have buttons. So you could mm-hmm. put an arm out if you wanted to try one arm out as they get a little bit older. Yeah. Um, but I do when I noticed that you said, okay, I'm still getting up every few hours with a four month old and he is breastfed. And so when I see, because I follow you guys on Instagram mm-hmm. and I see moms posting, you know, that their baby set smaller babies slept five or six hours straight. Is that normal? You know, because I'm like, well, if he's breastfed, he, I guess he should be getting up every few hours or should he be sleeping longer? I don't know. Yeah. I'll tell you, he should be sleeping longer. I mean, what? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Listen, you need to breastfeed a baby. I mean, a, a four month old needs to be breastfed like eight times a day. Um, seven times a day, something like that. But it doesn't have to be divided every three hours throughout the day. You can Mm. kind of tank up, tank up, um, his calories during the daytime and even do a dream feed, wake him up at 10 or 11 o'clock at night and, and kind of fill up his tummy because even by three weeks or four weeks of age, babies can go a four hour, even a five hour stretch. Um, and it's not like they're going to only feed every five hours. They'll do that maybe once in the night. But we routinely see two and three month old babies sleeping an eight hour stretch and still breastfeeding great because the breasts are super smart. Like they, if you have twins, your breasts will make double the amount of milk. And once you start working or your baby starts sleeping at night, your breasts will figure it out and they'll make milk during the day, but they won't be making it all night long. So the breasts, if you give them, you know, a few weeks to adapt, they're able to kind of pick up on your cues. So I guess with that, I'll roll into my sleep training question. Well, before you do that, let me ask you a question about yes. breastfeeding, because this yes. turns out to be an important thing. So yes. babies are smarter than we are. You know, if, if I put a chocolate cake in front of you, or let me say in front of me, you know, I might eat, <laughs> I might eat more of that than I really should. Babies mm-hmm. are smart. Like you can offer them food, and if they're not hungry, they're just not going to eat it, even though it's delicious. Right. And so 
they have a certain number of ounces they need in a 24 hour period. And if they're sleeping a lot during the day and they're not getting enough of that during the day, well, then they're going to ask for it at night. So right. the first thing for anybody, whether you have a snoo or not, to help your baby learn to be a better sleeper at night is to try to shift more of their calories to a daytime schedule. Okay. That's where it gets a little confusing. So let me ask you, when you nurse your baby, do you use both sides at each feeding and how long is he on one side before you switch him to the other? Okay. I'm so glad you're asking me this and that I'm talking to you. So mm -hmm. Uh, I would say maybe a month and a half ago, he decided that he didn't really like the right side. Uh -huh. So I have been mostly having him on the left, trying him on the right sometimes. And I don't know if I have oversupply in the right, but it seems to be, I feel like he's like coughing and he spits up more on the right side. So I've been pumping the right side. Mm -hmm. um, I did read that, you know, if he has more calories during the day, um, you know, he'll do better at night, but I can't seem to, he's very much a snacker, mm -hmm. you know, so he'll nurse for a little bit and then he decides he's over it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I do spend a lot of time sort of nursing him or, um, I'll step out and I'll work. I, uh, my office is just a mile away. So I'll, he'll have anywhere from one to three, three ounce bottles during the day, depending on how long I'm working. Mm hmm now, would he take more than three ounces? Do you limit it to that or that's all he wants? He won't take a bottle from me, so I don't know. But I think based on like the nanny feedings, I think he's had up to four once. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that and that can be totally normal. So every mm -hmm. baby's different and you kind of have to play the cards you dealt. Okay. But in general, um, mm -hmm. if you feel that, number one, you're exactly right. If he's choking and sputtering on one side, you might want to pump out a little bit because you may have a faster flow on one side than the other. And mm -hmm. you may want to start him on the easy side. And then once he's chilling a little bit, then you can switch him over to the side that he's, you know, otherwise would be um, having more difficulty with. That sometimes works well. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, and bottom line, it, when you're having challenges, um, there's great support that women can get from La Leche League, or there are mm -hmm. lots of breastfeeding consultants now available in bigger cities. So it's great to kind of get that kind of support. Don't suffer in silence would be my advice. However, having said that, here's a tricky thing about babies. They oftentimes will fall asleep towards the end of the feeding. Right. And then you think, well, my baby just doesn't want anymore. And then 30 minutes later, mm -hmm. they're like squawking. And you right. go, well, you can't be hungry. I just fed you. But they really just need an extra half an ounce or an ounce to kind of finish it, everything that, that they started before. So uh, parents get confused. Should I feed my baby even though I just fed my baby? And the answer is absolutely yes. Okay. And the other thing that people get confused about is this switching back and forth. Sometimes they're told, feed on one side and you need to get the fore milk and then the hind milk yes. and then feed on the other side. And that's sort of true but sort of not true as well. So okay. what I mean by that is when you put a baby on the breast, mm -hmm. once the milk starts letting down, they're going gulp, 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 gulp. The milk is coming dripping at a time. And after five or six minutes, that milk slows down. Mm. Then he'll kind of get cozy and then fall asleep because the milk flow is slowed down. If you switch into the other side, then that milk is all ready to go. You've got a couple of ounces of milk there just waiting to go. So right. he'll suckle on that side. The milk will flow quickly. And then after a few minutes, that'll slow down after five or six minutes. And then you can finish the feeding on that side. So he'll still get the hind milk on that okay. second side. But okay. he got more of this fore milk on both sides. And that'll end up giving him an extra ounce 
or so every feeding, which will mean that he needs, you know, four ounces less in the middle of the night. And that's when you start moving in the right direction. Okay. Because yeah, I have, he's still very much, and I travel with him, which Mm -hmm. um, is also, I was also on the site. Um, I travel a lot for work. And I remember at, I think 11 weeks, we were going to be taking our first trip without the snoo. And I was starting to melt down. Like, how will I do this? You know, (laughs) but I, what I did was I brought the sack with us. Um, mm-hmm. The special that, sleep sack. I bought the special sleep sack. That seemed to work, but I feel like because it was a new environment, every time we take him out uh, on a trip, the first night he's always just like, what is this? Um, and then the next night he picks up. But I'm definitely going to try the nursing him on both sides and getting him more milk because I'm I'm still getting up every night with him um, like I did when he was super new. And I kind of just mm-hmm. was like, well, I guess that's just what it is. Well, so let me tell you a couple of suggestions. So one thing, and when you travel, did you use white noise as well? I did. I have a portable white noise machine mm-hmm. that I bring. So I would recommend, I mean, there are lots of white noise machines and apps and things like that, but people can get our free white noise. You can download it for free from our website. Oh, wow. And okay. that is the best white noise. And okay. so you can just put it on your phone or iPod mm-hmm. or something like that. And then especially for Noah, because he's used to the sounds and snoo, yes, yes. it'll be it'll be the best way. You can play it in your car because uh, a lot of babies get fussy in the car and they need extra white noise to kind of chill. But um, but I want to make some suggestions in terms of moving him in the right direction okay. um, and getting a little bit longer sleep. Um, one of those things is the frequent feeding, like I mentioned, and you can even wake him up at 11 o'clock or so and do a dream feed. So it's okay um, to wake uh, him up. I don't know why yeah. I feel like that's not a good idea, but just wake him up. Yeah. And, and it will work or not. Most babies, it works great if you wake them up and then they're, you know, they're half asleep. They get a few ounces in their tummies and then they sleep better. Okay. You know, they're more likely to go through till four or five or six o'clock okay. before they wake up. Okay. Um, some babies won't wake. You try everything; they won't wake up. So it doesn't always work. Or okay. they wake up and then they're fussy, and then you go, "Why did I listen to that guy?" <laughs> but um, for the most most part, they 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 wake up, they eat, and then they go right back to sleep. And so it's a big a big uh, help for most families. Okay. But the other thing is that when babies get to be three or four months, they remember the, this this fourth trimester idea. They're kind of for the babies for the first four months are really like fetuses. They can't smile. They can't talk. They can't lift their heads very well. So right. you imitate the womb with the, the loud, like in the womb, the sound is louder than a vacuum cleaner 24 seven. It's a <laughs> kind of sound. That's why we use white noise because it's too quiet. You might like it quiet, but babies right. don't do well when it's too stone quiet in the house. And the rocking is what babies have 24-7 in the womb. Mm-hmm. But it turns out when babies get to be three or four months old, they get nosy. They're oh. like ready to, right? Do you, do you see that? Yeah, <laughs> he's like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, eat and stop looking yeah. at me. Yeah, yeah, right. definitely. Yeah. So you got to go, sometimes you have to feed them in a quiet place and away from mm-hmm. commotion and turn on the white noise even while you're feeding them. Um, but for nighttime, when they get into light sleep, they wake up and they go, why am I by myself? Where, hey, you would, you know, come back here. Be, right. It's more fun when you're with me. Right. So, um, so babies go through something called a sleep regression. Mm. And um, the way you can help them, and especially with SNU, what works so well, is instead of the normal slow 
shushy rocking that snoo does back and forth, you can set it at a little bit faster pace, a little bit louder white noise. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit more like a faster rocking, oh. kind of like if you were driving your car all night. You know how babies yeah. fall asleep in the car? Yes. Um, so you can set it at a higher level to, okay. so that when he does start getting into light sleep in the middle of the night, he'll, his eyes are open up, but he'll get that jigga, jigga, jigga going on, and he'll be more likely to fall right back to sleep unless so, he's really hungry. If he's hungry, he'll wake up. Okay, yes. I So I started using the purple and green settings, like just mm-hmm. for nap time, putting him down, right. awake. And putting on either purple or green, depending <laughs> depending on the day, and it it would just right. so that's like level one and two. So that's a yep. little bit more than the normal slow baseline. Right, right. And he yeah. would fall asleep, you know, there. Um. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's perfect to do, and you can do that all night long, and probably after doing that for a few weeks, mm-hmm. he'll be in a better sleep cycle, and then you can go back. He to was, the, yeah, to and, the normal and sleep. that's it. And then I don't have to do it. But I will tell you that sometimes. Uh, red, green, or red kind of freaks us out a little bit. Uh, is that, mm-hmm. I mean, or yellow, yellow or red. It seems to be going fast. And I was like, there's no way that this can work if this isn't safe. Um, mm-hmm. It's totally fine with them to be going that fast. Yeah, absolutely. So the fastest speed, which is that, you know, reddish color. Yes. The bed is um, going back and forth. Their little heads kind of jiggle. It's like you driving mm. on a back road on a mm-hmm. bumpy road, or like you when you're pregnant, going up and down the stairs or being in an exercise class. So the platform only moves back and forth a quarter of an inch, just a quarter of an inch back uh, and forth. So it's okay. completely safe. Okay. Um, but if it is, if your baby doesn't like it, and some babies, some babies only calm down at that speed, and other babies don't like it that fast. Right. And so you can change the setting so that you can block it from going up that fast. Oh, okay. Well, um, there's something called a motion limiter. Or if you don't like it, if you don't feel comfortable with it, of course, the most important thing, we want you to feel comfortable. Okay. So you can prevent it from going up at that level if you want to do that. That's a simple thing to do with the app. That's awesome. Okay. I, his dad gets really nervous about it on red. So I, I'm mm-hmm. happy to know that. Um, I have a super serious question. Um, all of the advice that I read says to sleep when the baby is sleeping. And I would have loved to do that um, with the baby, but uh, SIDS was like my biggest worry after mm-hmm. getting him down. And so I was like, can you comfort me and, and other new moms with anything you can as it relates to SIDS? Yeah. So um, it's a super good question. I'm so glad you asked because, um, you know, moms are, and dads are getting up middle of the night, you know, mm-hmm. kind of holding a feather in front of their baby's mouth. <laughs> oh, I'm breathing. still doing it. I'm still <laughs> like going down and is he breathing? I'm like, why do babies look dead when they sleep? I know. I know. <gasps> they're so still. But here's the thing. It's not an overly neurotic concern. I mean, you know, fortunately, it's very rare. But mm-hmm. in the United States, about 3,700 babies die each year. Now, that's as many Americans dying as died in 9-11. So it's not insignificant. And right. it, and most people know somebody or uh, someone's cousin or somebody who had this happen to them. So it happens a fair amount. Now, there's some things you can do to prevent that. Mm-hmm. And that's the best thing. So don't smoke cigarettes, of course. Um, don't um, 
um, uh, breastfeed your baby because breastfeeding helps to protect babies. Get your vaccines. Um, if you have the baby, I mean, it's better not to have the baby in bed with you because there are pillows and blankets and things the baby can roll over, at least to wait six months or, or even nine months before you have the baby in bed with you. Um, but one of the things that um, is most important, and you've probably heard this, is baby should only be on the back. Right. And what we're especially proud of with SNU is that we have this special patented sleep sack that is the fastest, easy. We call it the five-second swaddle because it's mm -hmm. so easy. Oh, but my God, yes. It secures to the bed. And you don't have to have SNU to get this sleep sack. You can buy It's called Sleepy, S-L-E-E-P-E-A. Yes. Anyone can buy that, and it's the mm -hmm. best swaddle. I have that there. too. Yep. Oh, cool. Yes. <laughs> um, but with, when you have snoo, you have this thing that attaches to the bed, mm -hmm. and then, then you don't have to worry about swaddling. You know your baby will always be on the back, and you can go to sleep with that peace of mind. And then when they're old enough, when they're four, or I usually wait till five months before I even liberate one of their arms. Really? Like you said, there okay. are little armholes that allow you to stick an arm out. Yeah, because that's the other thing with Noah. He may be waking himself up just because he's got his arms out. I think he, he is. I just yeah. put his arm back in because he's scratching up the side of his head and his there face. There you go. There you go. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's fine so, that I have him. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. You know, in, in, in like Native American populations and other more traditional populations, uh, babies are are fully swaddled till six or eight or nine months. They don't have they don't get you don't get the right to have your arms out, sweetheart, because you're just going <laughs> to whack yourself in the nose. Right. So I know you want it, but mm -hmm. you can't do it yet. So that's yes. the way um, the way I would think about it. So um, so with this sleep sack, number one, we prevent rolling over. So that's the number one most important thing to keep babies on the back. Okay. The number two thing is. Um, to keep them in a safe location. So you don't want to fall asleep on a sofa with your mm -hmm. baby or in bed with your baby. And so what we see with people using snoo, since they're sleeping so well, there's kind of no reason to fall asleep in your bed. And we find that over 80% of people using the bed never or, or only rarely actually fall asleep with the baby in bed. 70%, meaning like over 2,000 babies in the United States die in bed with their parents every year. That's wow. like your life is ruined, your baby's life is gone, and you will never recover from that because of the guilt feelings. Mm -hmm. So that's why we recommend, you know, cuddle your baby, love your baby, skin to skin contact is beautiful, nurse your baby. But when you're putting them down, they don't need to be on top of you. And they don't even need to be, in, have them in the right next to your bed, in the in a you know in a co-sleeper or in the snoo so they're close by because that's easy to nurse them but not in bed with you that's the best thing i would recommend okay thank you for that because i know i can't be the only one so i have a couple a, a couple quick questions um mm -hmm. on crying um and i can be honest that i remember googling can a baby die from crying because around 2 weeks or 3 weeks noah was screaming. So mm -hmm. I had already watched the video, the DVD about the five S's. The Swaddle. Baby. Yes, yes, yes. The happiest babies, which, which was, you know, what's so funny about that is my dad friends told me about that before I had even I love that. This. So yes. All of my dad friends are, are like, you need to watch the DVD or get the book. Yeah. So yeah. swaddle, cider, stomach, shush, swing, suck. Mm -hmm. which is amazing. One thing I'd get stuck on was the shush. How mm -hmm. loud or low should that be? I always felt like I was shushing 
too loud or that I might be annoying him. Yeah, you feel like that. And in fact, that's why we made this video, this mm-hmm. streaming video people can see. It's just a half hour, but it, I mean, and people can read the book too, but I I really recommend watching it, especially yes. guys, like you're saying. Men, yes. so like men are terrible at breastfeeding, like not good at all. Right. But we are super good at baby calming because mm-hmm. the swaddling is like this engineering job. We love to do that. And yes. the shushing and the jiggling will go, you know, the dude on the, on the video does it this way. And, and so we, it's kind of like learning how to tie your shoelaces. You learn it better by watching mm-hmm. than by reading about it. So that's why we made this streaming video. And, um, and so for the shush, if you understand that what you're doing is imitating the womb, and you and you have to get to a certain level before you flip on this calming reflex. Because so kind of like your knee, if I hit your knee in the right place too softly, mm-hmm. nothing happens. I got to hit it hard enough to get your knee to your foot to jump out. And same thing with baby calming. You have to jiggle tiny little jiggles, but jiggly enough to get them to to um, to get the reflex turned on. And you have to shush them loud enough. And the thing is that every baby is different. So you can just experiment. So you got your baby, you roll them on the side, you got them all swaddled up, and then you go, shh, and that doesn't do anything. Then you do, shh, and that doesn't do anything. And then you do, shh, and, you, and then you'll see this magic thing happen mm-hmm. where yeah. within seconds, the baby just goes, oh, what? Yep. What did you say, mom? You know, and you, yep. you see this switch happening, and then you know, okay, that's the level. And whatever you're doing, it's not nearly as loud as they're crying because they're right. crying is like super loud and their throats are right next to their ears. So they, they hear really loud sounds. So you feel like you're saying shut up or like it's rude. Exactly. That, yeah. That's the thing. You're like, oh my God, I'm being so rude to this yeah. little baby. Yeah. Yeah. But really all you're doing is imitating the, the womb that they loved for, and they had that 24 seven when they were inside of you. Okay. Um, I want to ask you a couple of listener questions. Mm-hmm. Um, first question is, what do you recommend babies wear while in the snoop, snoo sleep sack or the sleep pee? Mm-hmm. What should they wear? So the thing of it is that you, it's kind of like Goldilocks. You want your baby too cold and you don't want your baby too hot. You want them just right. Mm-hmm. And so it depends on how hot it is in your house how many layers you have to put on or how cold it is. So the thing, the easiest way for people to know if their baby's too hot or too cold is to feel their ears. Okay. If your ears are cold or the nose is cold, your baby's too cold. You need to bundle them up a little bit more. If the ears are red and hot, your baby is too hot. Or if their necks are sweaty, they're Mm -hmm. too hot. And if the ear ear just feels kind of, kind of fresh, kind of little, you know, not hot, but not, not cold either. Mm -hmm then they're just right. And okay. so you can put on as many layers as you need to get them comfortable. Now, one of the things we do with our special sleep sack is it's got these little mesh panels so mm-hmm. that the baby's heat can evaporate. So if you live in a warmer climate, it kind of keeps them from getting overheated a little bit better than most swaddle blankets. Agreed. We live in Atlanta. So mm-hmm. we there know. you go. <laughs> uh-huh. um, my next question was about traveling without the snoo, which I feel like we touched on, but I'd love to hear how you recommend parents who are using the snoo travel without it or parents that don't have the snoo, maybe travel with the the sleep sacks and the, yeah, the white noise. Yeah. Cool question. So the, the two biggest questions we get are, 
um, one about traveling. And mm-hmm. and once once you get, you shouldn't really travel in the, if you don't have to in the first couple of months or even three months. And the reason for that is that babies who get sick in the first three months, they don't have strong immune systems. Okay. And so they can get very sick. And you don't want to be away from home where you don't have your doctor support and things like that. So in general, you'd rather not travel with a little, little baby if you don't have to. Once babies get to be six or eight weeks and they've been in this new, and we recommend starting SNU, right? Most people, 80% of people start it right at birth because they do best when it's a direct continuation of what they had in the womb. Okay. Um, And we offer SNU to people uh, a 30 day free trial. So in other words, we ship it to you free. We'll ship it back if you don't like it. So you have absolutely no risk. That's how confident we are that your baby's going to love it. Wow. And you can try it for 30 days. If you don't like it, we, we just take it back. So what happens is once you get past the first, um, you know, like eight weeks or so, your baby has been, has really learned to be a better sleeper. And what we find is that then if you go away for a week or so and you continue with the swaddle and the right white noise, mm-hmm. most of the time they just do fine with that. And if you do in a, if you're away for two or three weeks, it can start falling apart again. But if it's just about a week or so, they tend to do perfectly well with that. Okay. The second big thing that people ask us about is like, well, if you're using this rocking and shushing, then your baby's going to get addicted to that and they're yes. never going to be out of it. And that's completely wrong. Um, and you might say, well, how can you be so confident? Because everyone says babies do get used to things, which is true. They do get used to things, but they're used to it when they're born. Mm-hmm. Right in the womb, they had rocking and shushing and loud sound twenty four seven. So it's totally not fair to go cold turkey and right. put them suddenly in a bed flat on their backs. They've never been on their backs before in total silence. They've never been in total silence, total stillness. They've never had that either. Right. That's like rude. That's like saying to you, you know, my leak. Um, why are you so addicted to beds and pillows? You can sleep <laughs> on the floor. A lot of people sleep on the floor. Why don't you just do that? And you go well. I'm not addicted, but I happen to like a bed and a pillow. And I said, well, you're so addicted. You won't even go to a hotel unless it has beds and pillows. (laughs) And and you'll say, well, I just like it. You know, is there anything wrong with that? And I'll say, well, I guess it's okay. You know, everybody's got things that help them sleep better. And babies do too. So why take away? We got to take away one thing, which is we got to put them on the back, even though they've never been on their back in their entire lives. Right. So that's something we got to do. But we don't have to put them in total silence and total stillness. That's kind of crazy. So um, so what happens is that use what they're used to. That'll help them sleep better right away. And then by the time they're five or six months, they're, in, they're such good sleepers. You don't have to do cry it out. You don't have to do sleep training. They're just ready. They're just mature. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you feed Noah. Milk, 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 milk. Every meal is milk. Yeah. Are you worried that when he gets to be six or seven months, <laughs> he won't be able to eat food because you didn't introduce it early enough? No. It's just when he's ready, he's ready. Right. It's the same thing with sleep. Once they're in a good sleep pattern, mm-hmm. we have like we have a special weaning feature on the app that you use for a week or two to kind of make the transition. But we rarely, rarely have any problems with babies transitioning at a snoo. If you wait for them to get ready, if you try it when they're three months old, it's going to be a lot harder. But if you wait for the five or six months, it's usually a piece of cake. 
I, I'm excited uh, to to try. I've tried the wean method just to see how it works, and he mm-hmm. still he'll still sleep without the rocking. So I he think- would for a week or two, but then it's going to fall apart if you do it too early. <laughs> okay, it's- yeah, I just tried it like twice. Uh huh. Yeah, that's fine to try yeah. it out. Mm-hmm. But some people are going like, I want my ba- I don't want to get my baby used to it, so I'll use snoo at night, and I won't use it during the day. And the whole thing is, you want him to get used. That's the whole point. Yeah, you yeah. want to teach him. Every time you experience this, you're going to fall asleep faster. You're going to fall asleep well. And you're going to love it. Yeah. So, like, you're not you. You don't want to switch back and forth and back and forth between things because it confuses babies until you get to five or six months, and by then they're mature enough to kind of figure it all out. Got it. So you tackled uh, two of my other listener questions just right there. But my last one t- listener question is, is it okay? And I think I know the answer to this. Is it okay to let the baby just rest in the snoo without sleeping? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. But here's the thing. Interestingly, people go, I don't want a robot raising my baby. I don't want to um, be ignoring my baby. My baby needs me. I should be there meeting my baby's needs. And that's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. We want you to hold your baby skin to skin, put your baby in a carrier, go for walks. All that stuff is great. However, you're supposed to have helpers. You're not supposed to do this all on your own. You're supposed to have your mom, your sister, and everybody helping you. So to put your baby down in this little helper, this little caring bed, yeah. It's a totally fine and normal thing to do. And you know what? It doesn't allow you to ignore your baby's needs. So in other words, when your baby fusses, mm-hmm. the bed will respond. It'll jiggle faster and trish a little bit louder. But if your baby doesn't calm in a couple of minutes, the bed just stops. Right. And it says, you know what? Baby needs you. And yeah. so that's how you know your baby is hungry or needs to be cuddled or needs a diaper change. So parents tell us all the time, you know what I love about the bed? is it helps me understand my baby. Because if it doesn't calm my baby down, in a, usually in a minute or less, the baby mm-hmm. calms. And if they don't in a minute, then you go, well, I guess it's my turn. Yep. And you can know that it's, you know, your baby needs, needs something from you. Definitely. And Dr. Karp, I have two more questions for you, yeah, and then we're going to let you go. Um, besides the snoo, are there any other baby technology or products that you're loving or recommending right now? Anything you're loving. The funny thing is, I'm kind of an anti-technology guy. I'm I'm really kind of a back to basics. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So, you know, there are all sorts of things. But what I'm trying to to do with Snoo, even though it's like the highest technology that we built with, you know, extra super smart engineers and stuff like that and leading designers and robotics engineers – we're trying to imitate the oldest things. We're mm-hmm. trying to get back to the basics and give you the help that you are supposed to have mm-hmm. with rocking and trishing babies and doing the most ancient things that we know work with babies to calm them down, right? right. So we have to use technology to kind of get there. But we ultimately, I don't want you watching your app instead of watching your baby. You know what right. I mean? Right. So I'm kind of into swaddling in the most ancient things that people have used forever, breastfeeding, skin to skin. Those are the things you want to do. And kind of the technology stuff, it's like, I mean, it's fine, you know, but um, I don't want you, you know, people are on Facebook and, and Instagram so much these days that they have to kind of remind themselves, hey, let me be with my baby and, and not miss these, 
these incredible moments. Absolutely. Okay. And my, my last question, um, because Noah will become a toddler is I read in an interview in which you talked about toddleries. Mm -hmm. Um, and you said toddlers are nonstop losers. They're weaker. They're slower. (laughs) They can't speak as well. They can't run as fast. They can't reach as high. So they love when they can win. How can we help our toddlers win? You know, I'm so, so, so glad you asked because all of this stuff we're talking about is babies. And yes. you know, the truth of the matter is if you have a snoo, you don't have a snoo, you're going to get through it. I mean, we have studies going on now. We have like 10 university studies to show it isn't just about helping babies sleep better mm-hmm. but it, and parents sleep better, but it's about helping babies be safer and helping parents be healthier. So mm-hmm. for example, if you're not getting sleep, you're going to be more likely to give up breastfeeding. You're going to be right. more likely to get postpartum depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. You're going to be more likely to get into a car accident. You're going to be more likely to, to bring your baby, uh, uh, fall asleep in an unsafe location with your baby or that kind of thing. So we're trying, we're, we believe, and we're, we're proving this now, that SNU will be the number one non-drug treatment and actually prevention for postpartum depression, which by the way, is not a rare thing. It occurs in half a million women every year in every socioeconomic group, racial mm-hmm. group, ethnic group, it occurs. So we're, we're, our goal is to, is to prevent 90% of infant sleep death and to reduce postpartum depression dramatically. But, but when you get through that period, those four, five, six months, you think that you're just sailing now and you know your baby better than anybody. And what's interesting, <laughs> almost funny, is people will buy 10 books about raising babies and never buy another book the rest of their kid's life as if right. they've got nothing to learn from people who like the smartest preschool teachers or the smartest you know, child development people who've been with babies, you know, thousands of toddlers. And so number one, toddlers doesn't mean a two and a three-year-old. It actually means an eight-month-old, a nine-month-old. That's when toddlerhood starts because that's when they're learning to develop emotional resilience and emotional communication. And that's really what the ticket is. So like with babies, the five S's work for you, whether you got a colicky baby or not. It'll calm down a screamer. Most colicky babies, you can calm in under a minute once you've Mm -hmm. learned the five S's. Not all of them, but most of them. When you master these techniques... And so, but if you don't have a colicky baby, it still helps you get your baby sleeping longer and and crying less. Um, And the same thing for toddlers. Everybody can benefit from learning how to communicate, learning how their toddler's brain thinks. And and the techniques for communicating with toddlers are very different than what most people think. So so, uh, it's not rocket science, but it is counterintuitive, just like that loud shushing. Seems mm-hmm. weird the first time you do it, but when you see how well it works, you go, well, I guess, you know, this is what my baby needs. So, so when I say that they're nonstop losers, what I mean is that little kids, they, they're, they run slower, they can't speak as well, they can't reach as high. Mm-hmm. They, they just, that's why the little ones, oh man, they just want to run after their three-year-old brother or sister and they want to do everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of know this as a parent when you have a pillow fight with your baby, or not your baby, <laughs> but your toddler, mm-hmm. um, you let them knock you down. And then they want to do it a thousand times in a row, right? I mean, they just love it because they feel powerful in the world. Okay. I mean, you, 
you could deck them with your pillow if you wanted to, but you don't do that, hopefully, because you're right. trying to teach them that every once in a while they can be a winner. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I mean about helping them. It's a technique I call playing the boob or, okay. or, or just kind of when you have a race, letting them win, okay. let's, you know, let's, let's let them uh, feel p powerful in the world. So there's a book, The Happiest Toddler and a DVD. In that okay. case, the book is super important besides the DVD. It's not just the DVD. Okay. But um, anyway, that's for, uh, for another day. For us, right. for us to talk yes, about. Yes, I will. I will. And and lastly, I know I said that was my last one. This is, but I, something that I really liked in that same article is about you were saying something along the lines of like, your the toddler or the kid needs to hear you praise them to someone else versus just mm -hmm. them. Like, and I love, love, love that. I thought that was so cool because we're constantly telling them, oh, they're great. But for them to hear it, um, why is that important? And then I'm seriously going to let you go. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'm going to make one last point after this one. Okay. So, so, um, so here's the thing. Um, and so there are like 15, 20 very specific tips that you can do that will work in a day. And okay. you, will, you will help your child be more patient, more cooperative, but most importantly, most more emotionally resilient and, and strong. And that's really what we need to do to help our kids get through all the challenges that they're going to have in life. Right. Um, and so one of these techniques is called gossiping, which is where you, you can praise your child directly, but you praise them kind of whispering to someone else or even pretending to whisper to a bird outside and let them overhear you. Ah. Now, here's the thing. We all believe praise or criticism for that matter, that we overhear more than we believe what's told directly to us. Wow. Like if you hear your friend gossiping out in the hallway, you're going, I heard what you said about me, you know? Yes. And if they're saying good things, you feel like, wow, you know, there's no ulterior motive. You feel yes. like it's more genuine and honest. Because if they say it right up to your face, you feel like, well, they're buttering me up or they just want to be polite. And so that's the theory behind this. And it works for adults. It works for little kids. And, and you do this five times a day and it really makes them... It helps sculpt their behavior, so it encourages the good things you want to encourage and discourages the things you want to discourage. So that's a fun and immediately effective way of making praise and criticism more effective. That's awesome. Um, but the last thing I want to say, which is the biggest ding we get about Snoo, is people go, well, that's just for rich people. That's just for celebrities, right. you know, because it's a $1,000 baby bet. And that... Yeah. Um, is, you know, that's pricey and you only use it for six months. So people go, right. well, man, I can't afford that. But here's what I want people to think about. Mm -hmm. Number one, these beds resell. You use it. Number if it doesn't work for you, you just send it back. It doesn't cost you a penny. Number two, um, they resell for six, 700 bucks. Or if you use it with your second child, that ends up being, ends up costing you like a couple of dollars a day, maybe $3 a day. Okay. to use it over six months or if you use it with your second child. So would you pay $3 a day for an extra hour or two of sleep, the peace of mind to know your baby won't roll over, the best white noise machine, the best swing, the three organic swaddle blankets are the best swaddle blankets, and your own personal night nurse or helper for the first six months that's available 24-7 yeah. and you never have to you know, get any back talk or make snacks right. or things like yeah. that suddenly you go, wow, that really makes sense. And so we are now renting these beds 
oh, to wow. corporations. So yeah. we've got the biggest corporations in America that are now providing this as a benefit for their employees. And we'd love to speak to any new companies that you know are interested in doing that. And starting in 2019, our goal is even to rent these to families um, just for dollars a day. Yeah. So we're going to be starting to get this out much more broadly so we can help, With you rentals. know, instead of thousands and tens of thousands, help, you know, millions of people. That That's amazing. I, someone wrote me that uh, followed me that meant, I guess they worked at Snapchat. And I guess yeah. now they said Snapchat is covering. Yes, Snapchat and Activision. For, and now we just signed up. That's what I heard. Know, um, Wall Street Journal um, and all sorts of. So I that's mean, very cool. Just imagine the biggest companies in America. And those are the ones that are providing. Oh. Because you know what? It's good for them. In other words, if they've got a rested parent, then they're going to be more productive and they're going to have fewer errors and accidents and they're going to be healthier. So they're paying less money for insurance. And it's dollars and cents for the company, besides the fact that they're helping their employees feel happier and more loyal. Okay, guys, at the very end of my interview with Dr. Harvey Karp, we were cut off, but he called me back twice on my cell phone just after, and he really wanted me to make sure um, to let everyone know that they... The Happiest Baby Company is working really hard to make the SNU um, accessible for just about everyone. So they do have a program in which they are renting SNUs to companies or companies are getting them to be able to rent. Um, And I think that they peg the dollar amount of just like $3 a day. Um, And I do believe he said that they had financing as well. Um, Dr. Karp also called me back because he wants me to keep in touch with him about Noah. He really wants to help me get my sleep game together. And so I cannot thank him enough for that. Um, I recommend this new, a hundred times over. Um, no one is paying me to say this. Uh, I would buy this new again and again and again and again. Um, it has been incredibly amazing to me and I can't wait to put little Noah down in it tonight. Um, for more information on the snoo, the sleep sacks, the books, the DVDs, go to happiestbaby.com. Bye guys.